Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. This is Liz Dolan. This is Sheila Dolan. This is Monica Dolan. This is Leon Dolan. News, talk, and laughs. We tackle the world one cup of coffee at a time. One cup of coffee at a time. You're listening to Satellite Sisters to To Satellite Sisters to Satellite Sisters to go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. I'm Liz Dolan here with my sisters, Leon Dolan, Monica Dolan, and Julie Dolan. And sisters, of course, you know what day it is. It is the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. 8808. We have been counting down to this at Satellite Sisters. We're going to talk about that in a second. But we have many, many things coming up uh, in today's show. Julie, later on, we're going to be talking to Chloe O'Gara from Save the Children. This is fascinating, Liz. You know, she is a senior executive there, and she's going to talk about some of the programs that they have targeting targeting women and children and how very little things can make a a huge impact in a child's life. Yeah, they do a report every year called State of the World's Mothers. Really Mm. interesting. And so much of it is just about the importance of educating girls. So we're going to talk to her about that. And then ironically, we're also going to talk about things we mispronounce at Satellite Sisters, misunderstand at Satellite Sisters. We've gotten some email lately. You you can play along at home. This is something. (laughs) Just go ahead and email us at sisters at SatelliteSisters.com because the list is growing, right? Yeah. If you would just like to score, just keep a running tally of our grammatical errors that could really be entertaining for you uh because could be a new drinking game (laughs) (laughs) every time leon says says the word theater yeah (laughs) have a a chug of beer (laughs) somebody in america writes in about that all right so, so so it's a very very full satellite sisters and then oh my goodness the rest of august it's going to be the hottest august ever and I, I'm not talking about temperature-wise. This is not a reference to climate change or global warming in any way. I'm talking about it's going to be hot, hot, hot here at Satellite Sisters, Leon. We are going to give you all the details on four weeks of theme shows, four <laughs> weeks of contests, four weeks of special email features, four weeks of Facebook and digging and all kinds of things. We, we need prizes. Oh, it's We've unbe- got stuff it's happening. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable at Satellite Sisters in August. We're going to give you all the details. All right. So uh, opening ceremonies yes. tonight. Yeah. It's, you know, you feel like you sort of go into a tunnel. When the opening ceremonies start, mm-hmm. you know it's like three weeks of total focus. Mm-hmm. Monica, you're psyched. You're ready. Uh, you have your snacks. Good to go. <laughs> I'm ready for tonight. The most... The, the one event or the events that I'm looking forward to the most in this Olympics have to be the swimming and Michael Phelps. Mm-hmm. He is just going to be phenomenal in these games. I just, I am such a huge Michael Phelps fan. So. You are. That's a Phelps fan. Do you have one of those t-shirts or anything, Monica? No, but I, I, could, I could make one. <laughs> I, I'm going to see if there's a Michael Phelps group on Facebook. I'm sure there is. And I'm sure if there is a Michael Phelps group on Facebook... They'll be getting a lot of activity this month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, maybe you could join that group and, you know, you and the Monica Dolan Club could yeah. all join. You know what? The Monica Dolan Club is growing. <laughs> we really? have a new member. <laughs> yes. We have three members. It, it, it's terribly exciting. <laughs> we so, might we might need to break away from the Satellite Sisters group <laughs> so we can have our own discussion board grow, going. Hey, hey, Julie, I know you and your husband have uh, 85 flat screen televisions in your home. How many are going to be turned on tonight? They're all going to be fired up. We're trying to get international feed because what I, I, I do like the fact that it is a world event. Now, if you go on YouTube, you can see the uh, South Korean news agency actually has clips of the dress rehearsal for the opening ceremonies. Mm-hmm. But wow. you might not want to ruin it or spoil yeah, it for know. tonight. Yeah, so, I think it's going to be so exotic. I think yep. it's going to be exotic fantastic, remarkable, breathtaking, and I think I'm going to watch it several times. And I I can say, I don't want to, you know, 
wave it in front of anyone's face, uh. but I was at the opening ceremonies in Barcelona. Oh. And um, I was there for work. I was the lowest person on the work totem pole there. And yet somehow I scored unbelievable tickets for the opening ceremonies. Because everybody else wanted to go to the sporting event. Right. And not or me. they may have been working. Yeah. So, I mean, it was unbelievable. And one of the things that doesn't really come across on TV that is so powerful when you're there is the parade of athletes. Mm-hmm. Because on TV, when the athletes come in, you know it's two hours of countries, yeah, especially yeah. the Summer Olympics. There are so many darn countries. But what you don't get to see are all the athletes interacting with each other on the infield. And then as they parade around the stadium, like their people, you just get the one shot on TV and then you move on. You know, yeah. you go you go right from Belgium to, you know, Belarus, Belarus and that's <laughs> it. But, you know, the people from Belarus are walking all around the stadium and the Belarusians are going nuts. And, and then they're all running over and taking pictures like the, you know, the athletes from the Bahamas, uh-huh. you know, are running over to get their picture taken with Michael Phelps. And it was so exciting. I remember in um, Barcelona, the, the like, most popular athlete, hands down, bar none, Magic Johnson. Oh, when he yeah. walked into that stadium, because he was part of the original the Dream Team. the first Dream Team year, right. It was unbelievable. And it was all of the other athletes from the other countries. A million flashbulbs went off on the infield and they all wanted to get their picture taken with magic. And he t- he took pictures for three hours while all of the other people kept coming in and coming in. Well, and you just nice? you don't really get that on TV. It's uh-huh. too bad they can't capture that spirit more because the athlete parade, it's like, oh, time to go get snacks. No, uh-huh. no, but I love good. it. I love all the goofy fashions that yes, they show yes. up and their uniforms and the little hats and who's carrying the flags. No, that's all good, Liam. All right. Well, we are going to be doing our best at Satellite Sisters. Be checking in on the blog uh, because we're going to be trying to cover the games in our own special way there. We, we, we'll... Satellite Sisters team coverage <laughs> yes. of, the, we, of the Beijing Olympics. You probably figured out because we're doing theme weeks in August. We're taking a few weeks off production, but we are not taking a few weeks off the website, the blog, the Facebook, everything. There'll still be a way to connect with us mm-hmm. about the summer games. Mm-hmm. You can tell how excited we are, so you're going to want to check that out. And then, um, you guys, speaking of sporting events, okay, our, our family had a gigantic like mental health breakthrough yesterday. I <laughs> A breakthrough? I thought you were going to say breakdown. <laughs> breakdown. No, no. no. <laughs> That's believe, a relief, Leon. <laughs> I believe I finally discovered the secret to family happiness. Really? What is it? It's kickboxing. Okay? <laughs> I know I keep going back to this. Well, you have enjoyed your lessons. I have, I have enjoyed it. And here's the deal. My, my trainer, Tiffany, is going to chiropractic school. So that's uh, it. She's yeah. done. Uh-huh. Right? She's going to spend five years studying to be a chiropractor. And in about five years, I'm really going to need one if I continue <laughs> to kickbox. So I'm happy that she's going to school. So you Yesterday had my last session with her, mm-hmm. and it was bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, "Hey, do you mind if I bring my son? Can I bring Brooks?" I Which not your thirteen? My thirteen-year-old, uh-huh. because he was hanging around. Again, I'm trying to moaning his and groaning. <laughs> I'm just trying to separate the siblings as much as I possibly can in these last few weeks. So that's good. So you take him to teach him lethal, a lethal <laughs> fighting style. So now so. he can kick his brother in the face instead of just shooting the nerf darts at him go ahead and mock me people but i think i think family therapy as we know it should end based on what we discovered yesterday really so we went in and tiffany we're in our own little room tiffany brings out the big bag we got the big giant bag so here's the thing you know remember when we were little and our parents set up a boxing ring Mm -hmm. and we actually hit each other yes yes and that was counterproductive wasn't it well can i just i'm not sure our parents set it up i think we set it up in their absence oh no no i think our parents were involved my our dad went to boxing camp remember and so he thought this was a good fun clean happy family event the girls against the boys yeah and may i say that Dear sweet Monica, you were always the best fighter, weren't you? I did. I bloodied Brendan's nose. We we did have boxing gloves. I, I, I think our father gave us boxing gloves. If you can imagine a father of eight children deciding, yeah, that a couple of pairs of boxing gloves would be good. But to see, foster family fun. This oh. is what I think. I think what dad missed was the bag in the middle. Oh. Because here was the situation. You have the big bag. I've got the gloves on. Brooks has the gloves on. We're doing roundhouse kicks. We're doing our punching combinations. 
but we're on opposite sides of the bag. So you're not so hitting each not other. We're not hitting each other. We're hitting the bag. And yet there, the is, there is a sensation that there's an opponent, as <laughs> Tiffany always says. Put your hands up. Your opponent is going to, like, hit you in the face. And I'm always thinking, I'm a suburban mother of two. <laughs> Who is my opponent? I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. So this is the scene. I've got the gloves on. Brooks has the gloves on. The bag's in front of us. Tiffany's going, 20 seconds. Okay, go. And you just punch the bag as fast as you can, as hard as you can for 20 seconds. And then you stop and you're just, oh, you're fired up. And and then then it's like, kick, kick. And then we start kicking the bag for 20 seconds right leg, 20 seconds left leg. It was fantastic. Now, like some families play Monopoly, Monopoly, Leanne. Monopoly's over in our house. That is just for wimps. You know, Julie, I'm in a house with three men. They don't want to talk about problems. <laughs> this is what every family needs. I mean, we got to, not only were we exhausted and sweaty and just fired up after class, we had a, it was fantastic bonding between mother and son, uh-huh. the punching and the kicking. <laughs> Nobody got hurt. And as we left Brooks, I knew he would say this. He goes, can we get one of these for our house? <laughs> he wants a bag. Oh, that's And great. I can just see it now. Remember earlier in the, a couple months ago, we read a story about how husbands and wives are going into the kickboxing ring together yeah. on the weekends. And I thought, Which we thought was a really bad idea. It's not yes. a good idea. But. If there's a bag in between us, yeah. Barrick and I having a little problem, just go to the bag. You're on opposite sides. <laughs> well, I talk so about it. This is a reality bag. TV show. <laughs> don't a- don't describe your idea anymore. We can pitch this. We can <laughs> sell this somewhere. Mom, twenty seconds. Go, and you're just punching. A bag for every for every house in every country. Family kickboxing. Mm-hmm. You, Leon, you do have the perfect place to put it because you could just hang it between the two boys' rooms. That's true. <laughs> You're right. We have that funny little door between their rooms. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, it was absolutely great. We had a fantastic time. I mean, not like Brooks and I have a lot of issues to work out, but I think he was working out his own issues yeah. on one side of the bat. He's 13. He's got issues. And Right. If he doesn't have any now, he'll have them in a year or two. So, <laughs> And I'll have some with From him. From seeing his mother go crazy <laughs> on the other side of the bag, maybe. It was a very nice bonding experience, Liz. So I just, I think that'd be excellent for families. It's just a suggestion. I mean, I'm not a therapist. <laughs> I think that's important to clarify at this point. Or a trainer. I think that's totally clear. <laughs> Just just a regular mom (laughs) trying to work it out. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. We've gotten some of your letters about all the words we use wrong continually or continuously. Use wrong often. (laughs) Use incorrectly. (laughs) We're going to address our grammar issues coming up on Satellite Sisters. We are the Satellite Sisters. This is Liz. And, you know, we love getting your emails. Anything you want to send to us, anything you want to tell your Satellite Sisters, we are all ears. You can just go to SatelliteSisters.com and click Contact Us or go to Sister Spot and post it on the blog if you want everyone to see it. But a a frequent Sister Spotter and emailer is um, Tennis Gal is what her handle is. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sent a private email through, you know, email channels uh, to, <laughs> to us because for as big a fan of Satellite Sisters as she is and has been for many years, she says, um, she just had a couple of grammatical things she wanted to raise with us mm-hmm. because as she writes, uh, you ladies are in a high visibility position, and it would be wonderful if you'd set a good example for a world that seems to misuse more and more words and tenses each year. And I think that's true. We, we hear that, too. I mean, in other people and in ourselves. So we, we aim for a high standard, wouldn't you say, sisters? Yes, it's yes, ri- we do, Liz. Yeah, I think our, our our yes, we aim for a high standard. Now I'm afraid to talk, frankly, because <laughs> I'm afraid tennis gal is now monitoring everything. Okay, well, we but- aim for a high standard. But it is live. Yes. And it is conversational. Yes. So, and we do get carried away. Right. And we don't write anything down. Right. Or really prepare. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there are other programs that do extensive editing, Tennis Gal. <laughs> but we are just putting it all out there for people, good or bad. 
yeah. well or <laughs> But, you know, she, she raises a particular issue, mm-hmm. which I am totally guilty as charged. She said, I have a request. You can take it for what it's worth. I have a thing about the use of the verbs lie, as in lie down, and lay, as in lay the book down. Liz, of all people, surprises me by misusing these verbs. Mm. Okay, Tennis Gal. You know what? Now what is that saying about Wait, the rest really, of us? Thank you. No, what? <laughs> Thanks, Tennis Gal. <laughs> I mean, the rest of you slobs. <laughs> she, did, she has lower expectations for us. No, I him. think it's more because I use it more often. She said, when she tells Ferris to recline himself, Maybe that's what I should just start saying. Instead of sit, just recline yourself. Uh, When she tells Ferris to recline himself, to be correct, she should say lie down and not lay down. Or when she gets home and just flops herself on the bed from fatigue, she should say, I'm going to lie down for a minute. But if she's talking about yesterday, then she'd say, yesterday when I got home, I immediately lay down on the couch. And you know what? I've had this explained to me a million times, and I have never gotten this right. Mm -hmm. I... Tennis gal, you're totally right. I still do not understand. I will post this like on the wall in my home office and read it once a day. But don't we get this email from someone yes. every year? Yes. When you say that for the so- last uh, eight years. Yeah, we've been on the air for eight years, <laughs> and I don't think any of us have really ever nailed this one. I just try to avoid it altogether. <laughs> you do, I, Monica. I, yeah, my my heart rate starts going up if I have to say lay, lie, laid, lied. I get it the wrong. L word every time, and I know that people send us these nice emails mm-hmm. and try to help us out. Mm-hmm. We just, I, it must be a genetic thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think of it only as lie is active. And lay is passive, mm-hmm. but that does not um, that does not address the past tense and the present tense. As Tennis right. Gal is, is and saying. sometimes it has an object and sometimes not. Right. I don't want to take you through the whole thing. Right. I'll just send you a copy of the email. <laughs> uh, I'm going to just start using the word recline. <laughs> Thank you, Tennis Gal. But Tennis Gal also writes. Uh, it rankles my ear every time. Well, there probably isn't such a word as rankles, but it's all I could think of. Smiley face emoticon. And so, Tennis Cal, I thought, you're helping us. We'll help you. I actually looked up rankle. Uh, rankle is an intransitive verb. There's an archaic form of rankle. It is it, always in reference to a wound or sore. So it originally meant a festering sore. Oh, I love that. So, from the old French, ronclay. Oh, oui, oui. Oui. Yes. Or from an alteration of the medieval Latin, dracunculus. So, there you had, that's where it comes from. That's the archaic form. But you're totally okay to use it now because it, uh, now it just means to cause annoyance or resentment that persists. The example they give, the casual man. Strong manner, language. It's scale. the persisting. We, we, well, we do persist consi- in misusing this phrase. She's yes. right. So, if, she, if it ronclays, you know, uh, if it rankles you, we understand. And we will do our best. We, we set this goal every year. Mm-hmm. And somehow we you know, we fall back. We need to be reminded. Thank you so much. But it really, it started me thinking about words and phrases that I don't understand or use correctly, or I hear other people use them. And I just don't know what the right form of the word or phrase really is. For instance, when you're referring to like new things, parts of the sea that you don't really understand, is it uncharted waters or unchartered waters. Because I actually saw an ad on TV last night where they used the phrase unchartered waters. And I, I have no idea what is correct. Anyone, anyone have I'm a I'm going to go with it? the first one, Liz, because it's a sea chart. That if you know anything from your naval days... Um, <laughs> <laughs> from that one, remember the one that sailing, to... the one sailing lesson I took at Camp Quinnebec, we were yes, not exactly. in uncharted waters. That, that you would refer to your chart to know the depths of the sea. So I'm going to go with answer A. Uh, well, that's what I would have thought too, Julie. Except Exxon Mobil goes with answer B. They were saying uncharted water. I swear, in and out, I heard... uncharted sounds like. Someone owns that water. Maybe yeah, that's exactly what they mean. If it's yeah, Mobile. that there is a <laughs> charter, <laughs> some sort of charter out on that water, and someone owns it. But and uncharted is correct. Okay. Is it correct? It's it's unmapped. It's right. something okay. new. Way are you looking that up even as we speak, Monica? Did no, you just Google I am that? Not. All right. 
Uh, here's another one that I hear both ways, and I suspect both are correct. But people say, I'm playing my cards close to the vest, and I'm playing my cards close to the chest. Well, close to the chest is not right. It's not I've right? I've never heard that, Liz. No. You've I, never heard close to the chest? No. I've heard people say that idiotically, but not, I, it's close to, okay, we don't, Liam, let's not call them idiots because they're, the, then they will start thinking the same okay, thing of us You're right. when we misuse other phrases we don't understand. Okay, you're right. I'm an idiot too. Uh, I think it's close to the vest. I would when assume. you play poker, you're wearing a vest. You can it's sort see. of an old timey. Yes. Yeah, you fold your cards against your vest, not against your chest. chest. But your vest is enclosing your chest. So I can see why literally it could be the okay, same thing. Okay, if you're a nudist, you play your cards <laughs> co- close to the chest. Excellent point, Monica. All right, well, I suppose I'm not the only one that has words or phrases like this that just make uh, me scratch my head. Monica? I have one. I don't know which is correct. Is it hone in on something or horn in on something? Or, or home in on something. I have heard people say home in on something. Okay, I don't I think, know which, which is correct. I think it's hone. I think it's hone, too. Yes. But I have also heard horn in on something. What why would that, you? Why, why, how could you? What, how, what is the action of horning? Well, okay. I don't All know. Right, I, I, I didn't. I, I did not look it up, but I. Uh, but that I, sounded terrible when I yes, asked that it question. Did. No, but, can I just say though, I think of horning in as trying to get a piece of the action. Yeah, it's Whereas, like a bull. I picture like a bull with horns, kind of putting his head down and going for the target. <laughs> oh, Is I that didn't. Correct? I didn't know. I didn't. Picture that. <laughs> I was trying to get a visual, but I. Is but it, the does home. It mean this, what is hone in? What is home in? Which what should I say? See, I would have said. Home in, like a homing pigeon focusing on the place, coming home. Hone in. What does hone in mean? I don't know. People <laughs> use it all the time. You hone your ideas. Yeah. Okay, that I understand. Thought, I understand what hone means. Okay. But honing in on something versus homing in on something, that's an excellent example, Monica, because I'm, I, I, I am I now going with the bull from now on. <laughs> you're going to, you are going to, and you, not only, you're going to hear me horning in on things. I'm horning in on things. I think that's totally wrong. Well, I think we should also add to this um, discussion words or phrases that we just mangle, that we, mm. we say quickly and we don't actually say the right words. Mm. For example, for all intents and purposes, I know that from time to time, it comes out for all intensive purposes. <laughs> I had that on my list, Julie. You, you did? did? I, have so- I always thought it was all intensive purposes for like 40 years. I was only corrected two years ago by a friend who was like, what are you saying? For all intensive purposes. Or how about chest of drawers, which it's not. It, the word is not Chester drawers. <laughs> <laughs> no, Don't you're right. Don't even get Leon started on that because she throws extra R's into almost every word. Or to, to, Le- to Leon, it is Chester drawers. <laughs> no, to me, it's chest of draws. I can't say drawers. You know that. Can't I say that can. second. Drawers. It's like theater. Yeah, draws. It's just draws. Chest of draws. I always say, Where did you grow up? I know. I don't. And the, I, 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 you know, I had to live in that back bedroom. I guess I never got the the Chester drawers. I, I didn't. I slept in a drawer. I think once. Well, we should explain it. At one point, Leon did have a room, which was not really a room. It was a la- landing to a staircase. It was a pass-through, yes. And that's where that's where Leon's room was when she was little. Yes. We would come up the stairs, and there's Leon kind of in this expanded landing area. It was t- so you probably had no chest of drawers on the staircase landing. <laughs> you know what? At least you got your own room. At least you didn't have to share a room with Sheila. You got your own landing. <laughs> You were alone up there at the top of the stairs. Now, and one final one that I do all the time, which is couldn't care less, which you have to make sure that it's a negative, Uh not I could care less. Right. That's true. I do that all the time. Yeah. Right. I hear people do that all the time, and I think I do, too, sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And, you know, Liz, we expect better of you. I had just one, one, two words on my list. 
that I know the difference, but in actual conversation, Tennis Gal, I believe that I have interchanged the words bought and brought. Oh. You know, I obviously know the difference, yeah. but I, I, you know, I brought some tomatoes at the store. It's not right, but I know, <laughs> know Tennis Gal, that I've said that, you know. Or I, I, I bought some coffee to work. No, I brought coffee to work, tennis gal, but I know that, you know, in the heat of conversation, I will interchange those two words. It's the R. Do you think that's what's throwing you off? <laughs> Maybe. That seems to be fundamental with you. Just avoid words with R's. <laughs> words with R's. Can I ask you while we're talking about words and grammars and cliches, what does withering glance mean? <laughs> And should I be giving people those <laughs> withering glances? In what I would like to use that <laughs> phrase more often. Or I feel that there are times when I should give people withering glances. But I don't know what they, it means. So the here's what you do, Monica. You hone in on someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's the look that would sort of cut someone down to size. Yes. L- the look that would kill. Yeah. It's a Nora Roberts phrase. There's yes. a, oh. often a withering glance in her. Or if you have a mother-in-law, they, from time to time, <laughs> will give glances. And not to be confused with weathering glance, because that would be between Heathcliff and Catherine. <laughs> okay, I'm sure you have a million of these, too. We will post about this at Sister Spot, mm-hmm. some of our more common uh, mistakes. If you Anyone like- wants to join my club horning in on things, <laughs> email me, write me a Facebook. <laughs> okay, that, I believe, is not going to make it through your filter. I'm just saying. If you form a horning horn club, a horning <laughs> club, just don't think that's good for our public image. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's it. Just, we, we want, you've got a million of them, too. We want to hear from them. You can email us or you can post it on Sister Spot. We, we're, we're all trying to live up to Tennis Gal's high standards, and we're, we're really going to try. Yeah, we promise in the new season, fewer grammatical mistakes. <laughs> okay, that's not true. <laughs> we're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us later on in the show. We are going to tell you about what's happening in August. You're going to be a big part of our very special August. But up first, we're going to hear a report on the state of women, education, girls throughout the world. Stay with us. This is Monica here with Leon and Sheila, and we need more friends, don't we, sisters? <laughs> well, maybe you do, Monica. <laughs> no, we all need more friends, Sheila. That's what it's all about, making friends. <laughs> making friends. So please join us on Facebook. I don't know if you know, but the Satellite Sisters has their own group there, and you can link to it right on our homepage. There's a little button that says Facebook. Uh, we need more friends there. You know, I looked at my niece's profile. She has 1,600 friends. She does. <laughs> We don't have anywhere near that. So we are going to really pump up our Facebook site. There's going to be new stuff posted every day. We want you to connect to the other Satellite Sisters, see who's responding to your posts, see who's listening to the show, make some new friends, post pictures on our Facebook uh, site. And you know what, Leanne? I made some new friends this week. I made a friend whose name is Monica Dolan. And we are forming our own little small group uh, called the Monica Dolan Group, okay? It's a little subset of the Satellite Sisters group. And she emailed me. She tried to friend me, and I friended her back. Now she's an Irish girl. She lives in England. She sent me her whole bio. She sent me her family pictures. She posted on the Satellite Sisters group. So we have a Monica Are you going there for Christmas? (laughs) I'm just saying, I told her that we now have two officers in our club because we have two Monica Dolans. Excellent. But we're, but we're, not, look, we're not just looking for Monica Dolans oh, to join no. the Satellite Sisters <laughs> Facebook group. So go to our website, click on the link to our Facebook site, register, send us your pictures, write to us. Post on the discussion boards. There's going to be a lot happening there this summer. Now, Monica, you have been officially elected the Satellite Sisters face of Facebook. The Facebooker, the Facemeister, the yes. Facemaster. It's all new to me. But now that I have this new friend yeah. in Europe, I, I see the appeal of Facebook, Lynn. I wrote on our wall, Monica, did you see my posting? 
Yes, I did, Sheila. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we are going to try to really buff up our Facebook page this mm-hmm. summer. And we need more friends. Yes, that's the, that's the first place to start, more friends. We actually have quite a few friends already, and we'd like to thank the people that have friended us. We feel like we haven't been great friends. <laughs> and But now that Monica is the face of Facebook, we're going to be much friendlier there. So go to SatelliteSisters.com. You'll see up in the navigation bar, you can just click on Facebook. We would love to have you as a friend. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. We are the Satellite Sisters. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan. And, you know, we were talking at Satellite Sisters HQ about how it's back to school season here in the U.S. You're starting to see a lot of stuff in the news about kids getting ready to start school again at the end of the summer. And yet, because both Julie and I have spent a lot of time abroad, Julie, we know that there are plenty of kids all over the world that don't get to go to school. That's right, Liz. And it may be for something as simple as not having the money to pay for a uniform Mm -hmm. or the school supplies, but it's keeping them out of the classroom. So we thought we would dig into that a little bit today. Joining us is an expert in this area. Her name is Chloe O'Gara. She is the Associate Vice President in the Office of Education at Save the Children. Chloe, welcome to Satellite Sisters. Happy to be here. Chloe O'Gara is such a pretty name, by the way. I just thought I'd throw that out. (laughs) Why, thank you. (laughs) She doesn't say that to all the guests, Chloe. You should know that. You know, one thing I didn't know about Save the Children, it's an organization you've been around forever, it seems. But every year, Save the Children produces a report entitled State of the World's Mothers. Now, that really got our attention here at Satellite Sisters because we think about that and talk about that a lot. What is in a report like that, Chloe, that we would need to know as just women of the world? I think the most important thing for everyone to know is that it is still the case around the world that mothers are the first teachers of children. They are those people in every culture and every economy which lay the foundation for the future. We can't improve the lives of children without improving the lives of women. Mm-hmm. And, of course, many women are mothers. So one of the things that we emphasize a lot at Save the Children is investing in girls so that the next generation will be better able to be better mothers. And that's a lot of what the State of the World's Mothers report is about. It gives us an update every year in how are girls and women doing in this world, who's investing in them, How are they organizing themselves? Are they getting to school? How's their health? Are they having healthy childbirths? Are their children living? And this report gives you a thumbnail sketch of a lot of the critical issues that affect girls and women and all their children in the world every year. We'll put a link to that at SatelliteSisters.com. But all right, how many girls are not in school around the world, Chloe? Do you have any idea how many girls are just not getting an opportunity to get educated? We do have an idea. For primary school, the, the, the lowest estimate is 72 million girls around the world. Wow. And that is probably of a very low estimate. My guesstimate is that the number who do not attend school regularly is at least double that and maybe more because that's an enrollment figure, and there are many countries in which once a child's name is ever on a school register, it stays there whether they ever darken Mm -hmm. the doors of the school or not. Julie, you've lived all over the world. I know you've seen this in some of the countries you've traveled in and lived in. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And, Chloe, my question to you was, which way is this number going? Is it diminishing over time? Are we making any progress in terms of being able to get more young girls to go to school? Yes, We've actually made tremendous progress in the last decade. Um, How has that been done? countries of the world have signed on to a resolution for education for all, and then the Millennium Development Goals, which are a broader agenda of poverty elimination, gender equity, uh, universal primary education, and eliminating child mortality. And... Unfortunately, many countries in the world are not going to achieve those goals. The targets were set for universal primary education for 2010. Since 
much of the world will not make that target. Now the target is 2015. And somewhere between 70 and 90 countries are not going to make that target for 2015. And the majority of out-of-school children in primary and even more so in secondary school are girls. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens when these girls don't go to school? I've seen it in Thailand, but you know, can you make statements about if young girls do not get elementary school education, what, what happens to them? Well, what happens to them is quite tragic. I mean, they tend to end up with lower incomes, less stable families, much poorer health of their own, uh, larger numbers of children more closely spaced. So their lives tend to be very constricted and restricted. And of course, we are one world now. And as we have become one world, subsistence farming as a way of life, for example, has largely disappeared. Almost everyone has to engage in a cash economy to some extent, which means they need to be numerate. And increasingly, they need to be literate. They need to know, you know, do they have title to their land, basic things like that. They need to be able to read a doctor's instruction or prescription. They need to be able to read street signs if they ever leave their village. And those basic things uh, shut these women out because they are illiterate. One in four women in the world is completely illiterate today. And obviously an illiterate mother cannot teach her children to read. A literate mother cannot teach her children. In fact, in international development circles, investing in girls' education is widely acknowledged to be, arguably, the most long-term efficient and effective investment you can make to transform economies and societies because women's, educated women have so much healthier children and so much better educated children. It's transformative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there's still a lot of cultural and social barriers in many countries that are holding girls back in terms of going to school, right? There are lots. And, you know, I think I may have made a mistake earlier. 72 million children are the total number of children out of school. More than half of them are girls. Mm -hmm. But the girls tend to stay away from school more than boys for a number of reasons. Um, A couple of things that, that... characterize a lot of -of out-of-school children are AIDS-affected communities, and in AIDS-affected communities, girls are very often the ones who have to stay out of school to take care of sick parents or to care for siblings because their parents are too sick or have died. Yeah, they're in charge of the little kids. I I was at a school in Lusaka, Zambia, a few years ago, a girls' school, Mm -hmm. and uh, one out of four kids in that school uh, was an AIDS orphan. And the uh, I was talking to the principal, and she, she was explaining that it's obviously very hard to keep those girls in school because they have so many more. They're literally, even though they're 12, they're raising children themselves already. That's right. That's right. The other big impact is conflict. Uh, it's so disruptive. It's, it's disruptive for both girls and boys. It, it's more gender equal in its disruption and its tragedy, but it is a main reason for kids staying out of school. But for girls, violence, not just in the school and harassment, not just in the school, but also around the school, and that can be particularly problematic in conflict-affected areas. Um, inadequate sanitation, uh, particularly as girls begin to reach puberty, they need some privacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need you know, places. see, it's yeah. so simple, some of these things, and yet it's, you can see yeah. that these can be huge barriers to yeah. really changing what's going on in a particular country. Yeah. And then early marriage. Early marriage is still a real issue in a lot of countries, and concern that as soon as a girl reaches puberty, she, she will be harassed or abducted or attacked. And I used to think, well, these were sort of extreme characterizations, but they're not. In many communities, girls really are abducted and attacked on their way to school. And it's, the violence is a really significant problem. And finally, girls seem to be more sensitive to the quality of schooling. So if, you know, if no textbooks are available and the school's a wreck or if the teacher doesn't show up half the time or if the teacher's just inexperienced or... 
Right. It must be very hard in a lot of these places. Again, I've been in schools in Africa where the teacher is not a high school graduate. It's a member of the community who's just trying to be as helpful as they can and teach the kids what little they know, but they're not certified or trained in any way to teach children. That's right. And, for you know, families now generally around the world believe that boys must be literate. So they must go to school because, well, it depends on the culture, but in most places it's still expected that the boy is going to support the parents and his family to come and so on and so on. And they're just all kinds of cultural traditions. But if they question the value of school, then they want the girls' labor back in the household to take care of household chores and take care of child care and uh, the myriad things that girls do. And if girls stay in school, they tend to have tremendous numbers of chores when they get home, so they don't get a chance to study or to rest mm-hmm. to the degree that boys do. So the quality does matter. They're less, they're less able to learn because they're less able to study, and they tend to have a lot more work burdens at home. We're talking to Chloe O'Gara from Save the Children. So I know you have some specific programs that we wanted to find out about. Julie, you were curious about Rewrite the Future. Yeah, now how is this making an impact um, for the children? Because, again, the majority, the two majorities in children out of school are girls Mm -hmm. and children affected by conflict. And there's a lot of overlap in those groups. So looking at that and acknowledging the importance of education, both as a a child's right anywhere in the world, as a child's ticket to a healthy adulthood and a productive adulthood and civic engagement, um, we wanted to tackle one of the biggest obstacles to children's education. And just because a child is born into a community affected by conflict doesn't mean that that child and that community should lose the potential for a healthier, more productive future. So we're trying to bring schooling to 3 million children in conflict-affected communities and to improve the quality of schooling for 8 million children in conflict-affected communities. We want to really make a dent yeah. in, the, in the problem of children excluded from school. And where are some of those communities, Chloe? Um, they're in all kinds of places. <laughs> some of them a bit surprising. Um, many of them not. Sudan, I'm sure it comes to everyone's mind. But Nepal, which has been up, down, and sideways in the last few years with conflict. Um, Colombia, which many people may not think of as a conflict-affected country, but which has one of the highest numbers of displaced persons in the world. Really? Yes, due to conflict, which is actually generated by many features, I mean, by revolutionaries and and drug runners. It's it's a very complex situation, but from a child's perspective, it doesn't matter what the source of the conflict is. When they become displaced, it's difficult for them to access schooling in a sustained way. So I just thought I was trying to give you sort of a – a range of yeah. continents yeah. and and varieties, if you will, of conflict that can disrupt communities, families, and children in their education process. Well, I think Save the Children was up on everyone's radar this year because you were one of the charities that was part of Idol Gives Back. What did you do with that money? Well, we have done some very interesting things. Um, I've actually just seen a couple of our program efforts in Malawi and Mozambique. And um, we're rolling out a big early childhood, early primary effort in Mozambique. And there's some wonderful footage actually now on our, on our website that shows a bit of how communities are engaging to build schools for their children and the response that they're having to these opportunities in communities that really had no early childhood or, or good early primary. So that, you know, those American dollars have gone straight to communities in Mozambique and Malawi and a couple of other countries. Um, and you can see just the thrill on kids' faces. And these countries are very AIDS-affected, both uh, Mozambique and Malawi. When we characterized countries' progress towards universal primary education a few years ago, Malawi was one of the bottom ten in its rate of progress, 
despite uh, being one of the first countries to declare universally primary education, they simply don't have the resources uh, to build enough schools to train enough teachers, and we're using that American Idol money to help fix that. They also have so many AIDS orphans that community-based child care centers, more than 6,000 of them, have sprung up in Mozambique. And we're trying to help them improve the quality of those of those child care settings. That's, you know, that's where tomorrow's school children come from. And these kids whose parents are sick or whose parents have died really need help preparing for school or they get to school and they fail. And that's not an experience any child should suffer. No child should have that. Yeah. That sense of failure early in their lives. Well, and you girls get, are particularly prone to that. Again, their families will withdraw them. Yeah. Well, you get so excited when you talk about the specific things that you've seen. And I know Julie and I, we've both watched the videos <laughs> I know. on your website. How did you get into this line of work, Chloe? Because it's, <laughs> it, it's obviously very satisfying to you, but it, it must be hard day in, day out. The problems are so huge. The, the task before you will go on for generations. Well, one of – actually – it's a joy. I feel very blessed to be in this line of work, frankly. I have no idea how I was so fortunate because the people that we get to work with are so terrific. They're so dedicated. They face odds that most of us as Americans can't even imagine, living on the margin, living on less than a dollar a day, having lots of kids. You know, we, I, I worked, I've worked with a number of grannies in Kenya and Malawi, who've taken in as many as seven or eight of their grandchildren as their children have died off. And, you know, one can only imagine the strength of these women. They've lost their own children mm-hmm. and those children's spouses in most cases. So they've, they've lost all the people they expected would be there to love and care for them as they grew old. And they have plunged into caring for a group of very young children in many cases when they have virtually no resources and very little help because in most cases the entire community is stressed in this way. And yet, with a minimal infusion of resources and slight, you know, we can come in and help them leverage and and make real their children's right to adequate schooling. And Kenya has a pretty good system and with a little bit of help, it's tremendous to see what people achieve. So although the situations feel desperate, the, the spirit and determination and innovation that people come up with when they get the slightest opportunity to improve children's lives is far, far more inspiring than, than the challenges are discouraging. And I'm not saying that there aren't situations. Mainly they involve girls and women, mm-hmm. you know, just being attacked and exploited in inexplicable ways that, that will keep you up and keep you miserable for some time. But, but the spirit uh, and courage of women around the world is more inspiring than I can begin to describe. It really is. Julie, I know you've witnessed this around the world, too. Sometimes when you're far away from these issues, you think it's so huge. How could it ever be fixed? But then you go into a school in a community in the developing world, and you realize that their needs are actually pretty fundamental, and you can act on them. That's right. It's, you know, these are very complicated situations, but just as I said at the top, that if you can just get the school uniforms, then then the girls can stay in school yeah. because they need to wear uniforms to go to school or they need the pencils and the paper. And those are small things, small steps that everybody can help with. Yeah. Chloe, it I wanted to find out. much to, yeah. to give people the tool. They need, they need knowledge and they may need resources, but it takes so little because people, you know, people around the world have a lot that they can contribute, mm-hmm. and most of them are very capable. They just, you know, we, we just got lucky being born where we were. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that strikes you every day. There's tremendous potential in this world among women, tremendous. We're into that here at Satellite Sisters. You know, Chloe, I was also surprised to see that Save the Children operates in the United States, the education arm. You have literacy programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, have those been around for a while? I just didn't realize that. They actually Save the Children in the United States started in the United States, if you will. It started uh-huh. um, 
in Appalachia during and after World War II, after World War II, um, helping you know stressed families get food and get back on their feet and, and prosper. We're still in Appalachia. We're in the Gulf states. We were very active after Katrina because we were already on the ground and did a lot of early childhood education and child protection and basic education, a lot of sports and our literacy programs as well uh, to help kids and families recover. Um, We're also doing some work in the Southwest, in the California Central Valley, and we're about to start work in Washington State on early childhood education. Most of our programs are um, health and nutrition and sports, focusing on the problem of overweight kids and really starting to get kids active and helping them learn to eat better. And um, supplementary literacy programs, we use some computer-based literacy programs in the states that unfortunately we can't do internationally. And then early childhood development, which is the newest program component and is expanding very rapidly because of the growing appreciation of critical periods in children's brain development and that when children are born into poverty, families really, you know, families are really stressed because the parents are away working and it's difficult for them to give the children the level of care and stimulation that they need to optimize their potential. Well, Save the Children is an amazing organization, and you have a great website. We'll have a link to that, savethechildren.org. You can get it at satellitesisters.com. And one last thing I noticed, right on your homepage, you have uh, the information that you have a four-star rating from Charity Navigator. And I know people are always interested. How can they tell if an organization is going to spend their money wisely? What would you say about Save the Children, Chloe? Well, I would say that that four-star rating reflects an assurance that when you give money to an organization, in this case Save the Children, you can be assured that the money will be spent for the reasons stated by that organization. In our case, it will be spent to create positive and lasting change in the lives of children around the world, including the U.S., and that the programs that it will fund will be of good, solid quality. So. You can spend the money with good intention, but if you don't do it wisely, it will not have the effects intended. And finally, when you get a four-star rating, in most cases, it means that at least 90% of every dollar reaches the target audience and and achieves the targeted stated results. That's impressive and inspiring to all of us, I <laughs> yes, think. Yes, it is. Thank you so much, Chloe. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Chloe O'Gara is the Associate Vice President in the Office of Education at Save the Children. As we said, we'll have a link at SatelliteSisters.com to SaveTheChildren.org. Thank you so much, Chloe. Thank you, and women change the world. Go for <laughs> okay, it. Okay, we're going to go for it. You hear that, Liz? we got to change the world. <laughs> okay, i got to go. Things to do, changing the world. We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. Sunshine. I got it. You got it. We got the magic. 
right, that's a long-distance dedication going out to Kia, our engineer. That's Robin Thicke singing Magic. And Kia, we know that's your favorite song this summer. Kia, we want to thank you for all the good work you do for us here at Satellite Sisters. Your Satellite Sisters is thinking of you. And Kia, have a great August. <laughs> is that Leanne doing that the sound? Kia voice? She, she's got the magic touch. How'd that sound? <laughs> That is uh, Kia's favorite song in the oh, summer. That's Kia. a great song. I was rocking in Portland. I loved hearing that. Thank you. All Ooh. right. Yeah. Okay. Well, can you tell we're winding down? Can you can you tell we're about to go on a little vacation, people? <laughs> Actually, can we just say a thing about um, the talking to Chloe O'Gara and Save the Children? Excellent job. Such great information. Yeah, really there. great. Mm-hmm. You know, just. A reminder of what's happening as we're like going crazy as parents here back to school, trying to get the right backpacks and everything that they're, I mean, when she said 72 million children around Mm -hmm. the school, uh, and that's a low estimate around the world, not getting an education. That is astonishing, isn't it? Right. And she says, as she said, it's one world. We are all one world. Yeah, I think her sincerity and her seriousness um, and her clarity of purpose are really are really inspiring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. For more information on Save the Children, you can go to our website, SatelliteSisters.com. Okay, people, let's talk about vacation now, though. <laughs> it's not really vacation. It's no. a big month, but we're mixing it up in August. That's right. Okay. Starting this weekend. Our podcasts are going to feature four weeks of theme weeks. This was exciting. We had a lot of fun uh-huh. going through some of our favorite shows from the past, new and old. There's some golden oldies in there. There's some recent shows where we had a lot of fun. We wanted to put together four weeks of shows for people who may be new to Satellite Sisters, so you get a little bit of the background. If Uh you're wondering, where did these girls come from? How long have they been doing this? Well, it's been eight years, so we have quite a few shows. And the shows, our show has gone through a lot of different sort of iterations. Mm -hmm. Uh, As they say in the biz. (laughs) Tennis gal, I know you're right to me about that word. Um, But there's a lot of good material there, and we wanted to share some of that with you. So here are our theme weeks. We had a shark week, one of them? No, it's not. (laughs) It is not. Uh, Okay, week one is just our favorite shows. So each sister picked out a particular favorite show from the last couple of years. There's going to be a special introduction. Julie, we're going to start with you because you're the... um, the, Go ahead and say it, Leanne. You're the oldest. The, okay. senior, the senior sister. I, a senior is worse. No, oh, it is. No. Liz, yeah. please. Okay. Senior's much worse. How about sister number one? Yeah, sister yes. number one. Thank you. Yes. Okay, Thank sister you. number one, satellite sister number one. So our favorite shows come up starting next week. All right, then week two uh-huh. of, our, of our big month. Oh. Monica, it is all lab rats all week long. Oh, it's going to be fun. I mean, we are going to bring you everything from the original Lab Rats, our pilot episode, which, if you've heard it before, didn't go very well. <laughs> there, there's a breakdown in communication at the end. Sheila and I were trying to do a serious product testing report, and that's not how it turned out. First one, of course, was frozen foods. Of course. that's where Sheila wanted to start. Again, we're bringing back the mineral makeup one Mm -hmm. because Uh you asked for it. And then I like the episode where Sheila attempts to speak Swedish. So (laughs) it's going to be there. It's going to be a whole week of just Lab Rats episodes. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be really fun. With new introductions from you guys. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a slightly new twist on everything. Week three is going to be our author's week. I mean, really, we took a list of some, we took a look at some of the authors we talked to. We thought, this is more than a week. Yes. So we are putting in some of our favorite interviews with great authors like Tina Brown, Paula Dean, you know her, you love her. Elizabeth Gilbert, Anne Lamott is going to be here. We have Tom Brokaw, Alan Alda, and then we have a whole day just of some of our favorite health authors too like mm-hmm. barbara Kantrowitz, who wrote that great book about menopause so well, we um, laughed a lot about that we yes, had a we lot did. of fun with barbara <laughs> you got to talk about it sooner or later yeah well uh, leanne still hasn't read the book no she doesn't need it yet <laughs> <laughs> all right and then week four is of course madness and mayhem week mm-hmm. and that's just some of our favorite chaotic madness and mayhem stories right from the Satellite Sisters' own Mm -hmm. lives. (laughs) All right, you know Officer Rubbish is going to be back. He's coming back, people. Uh Uh, Julie, you ran over the bush in your your own driveway. Yes. You defaced your own property. 
<laughs> that was good. Oh, remember when you had the worst purchase ever? Do you remember oh, that, yes. Julie? Yeah. The Lompe Berger. Yes, you remember bringing the Lompe Berger back. And Monica, even just a recent classic, you and Dick trying to install the cable. We through, got s- yeah, through the bush that was growing <laughs> underneath the house. We got a lot of mail. Hey, Leon, I found the one because I was looking through the Satellite Sisters vault. Yeah. And it's the Leon gets a bikini wax. Is That's in there, right? Yes. For the first time. that We did a whole week. Oh, we did a whole series called There's a First Time for Everything. And every sister had to go try something she had never done before. I rode a horse. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I know, parachuted. Listen, I did th- mountain biking. Thinking back on that horse, I haven't been on a horse since. <laughs> I'm never going mountain biking. Have you gotten a bikini ma- wax since? I have a, a couple. I, really? Uh, yes, 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 yes. I have not belly danced since. Remember, I belly danced oh, yeah, right. that week and went to hip-hop class as well. That so I have I haven't gone to class again, but um, I've got more bikini waxes. So Sheila that- and I bought a map of the stars' homes in Hollywood and tried to find our way around. We did a self-guided tour of Hollywood. <laughs> 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 anyway, but uh, I, I did listen to bikini wax. It was funny. <laughs> All right, so that is Madness and Mayhem Week. That's coming up the first week in September, and then our new season starts. Friday, September 5th. So we will be back with you Friday, September 5th, but there is a whole month of good stuff. Now, we also have lots of other, besides the podcast, lots of other things going on on the website and on the blog that we want to let you know about. Okay, first, Monica, let's just talk a little bit about Facebook because now you are the face of Facebook. I know we've been making jokes about it, but you're trying to get some friends, aren't you, Monica? Uh, Yeah, please friend us. Mm -hmm. Just friend us and... Friends, your other satellite sisters. We have a fun group going, uh, a page on Facebook, and we want you to join it. Now, we've had that Facebook group for a while, but we haven't paid a lot of attention to it. It's been sort of neglected over the past couple of months, and we apologize for that. So we're really going to try to buff up that Facebook group page this summer and make it more fun for you. You can join uh, by going to our website, SatelliteSisters.com, on our little navigation bar there's a button that says Facebook, and it will take you right to the Facebook you know, site, and you can join there. We want it to be a place where Satellite Sisters can talk to other Satellite Sisters. You know, I mean, We're hoping this summer to maybe share some of the books we're reading, the music we're listening to, talk about the shows up there, answer some poll questions. It's sort of a talk amongst yourself. <laughs> Talk amongst yourself. Meet your other satellite sisters. But I'm going to try to add something new every single day. So there'll be something, a reason for you to go to your Facebook Satellite Sisters group every day. Now, the name of our group is called The Satellite Sisters. So when you go to join Facebook and you're looking for it, that's what it's called. And we have, I mean, we're new to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's face it. Uh, <laughs> let's Facebook it. Yes, if they, if you have any tips about how we should be on Facebook, that would be uh, good. We are new to it, and I've noticed we have quite a few first-time Facebookers joining, which is great. So we're all in this together. We just want it to be a fun page to go to every day. You know, you're at work. You're bored. Got some time to kill. <laughs> Got some time to kill. Your supervisors are looking over your shoulder. You just want to check in with your satellite sisters on Facebook. And Monica, it's fairly easy to do. I mean, you're you're uh, hey, new I to it, it, and you I can could figure register. it out, right? And I noticed we've had about two dozen new friends this week that are first timers to Facebook, so that's great. It is easy to figure out, but we want it to be kind of like an insider's page where you talk amongst yourselves. Great. All right. So, Liz, what are some of the other And at the end of the month with Facebook, we're going to take all of the friends we have on Facebook, uh-huh. put all of your names in a classic Satellite Sisters beach bag, pull one, and we're going to give you a Starbucks gift card. So you can just, like, have a nice afternoon, go buy yourself some coffee, a cool beverage, some music. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's just a good gift. What you would want to do with your Satellite Sisters, that's what we're going to do, a little Starbucks gift card. You can get in the drawing just by being a friend on our Facebook page. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I hope Starbucks is still operating at the end of the month. <laughs> well, some rough you know, they, they just only, go buy a sorbetto. <laughs> they only close six thousand stores. So they still, they're still like seven hundred and eighty thousand stores. Oh, good. Don't worry about it, Julie. Uh, we also, you know, there's always a lot going on at SatelliteSisters.com, and we can tell because 
we can tell these things now with modern technology, that often when you go to our website, you go directly to the page to download the podcast or directly to the blog. And we just want to point out there are many, many other fabulous things happening at SatelliteSisters.com. So we're going to have new audio posted there, so we encourage you to play around in the audio archives. We're going to have some new videos posted of a higher quality than the one I fo- posted on our Facebook page, which was, twi- Liz, was 20 like, seconds of me and my dog, Ferris. <laughs> yeah, he hired, like, the Blair Witch Project <laughs> cameraman. No, I was just moving my MacBook around. It was uh, the webcam. I could tell, Liz. It was really uh, high production value but in really, that, your first video. By the end there, of the- there's room for improvement. Yes, that's by the end of the month. I'm really going to know how to do that. We'll have some new episodes of Sheila's Summer of Love and all kinds of things. So move around the website, check it out, and always email us to tell us what do you like, what would you like to see more of, what suggestions do you have for us. Can I talk about the dogs just for a second? Oh, because, you know, at the end of the month, in the third week, we're going to do the dog days of August. And I'm really excited about this because what we want you to do is to go to SatelliteSisters.com or more specifically, then go to Facebook, Monica, right? Be our friend and then put a picture of your dog on our page, on our Facebook page. And each day, we are going to have a dog of the day. You get that? Dog days of August? Dog of the day? Is that great? It's a huge idea, Joe. Big, big idea. (laughs) Hey, it could be your dog. How about that? And and, and don't worry, we're going to have a cat week sometime soon. (laughs) Well, we don't want to hear from the cat lovers. (laughs) Or other pets. dog days of summer. It's the dog days of summer. But we say that, I mean, dogs will get preference. But if you have a cute cat, you have a rat, a guinea pig. A fish you want us to see? Yes, whatever you have, put it up there at Facebook. We'd really like to see it. And our new season starts September 5th. So we are genuinely asking you to send in your suggestions for what you would like to hear in the fall on Satellite Sisters. Something you want to hear more of? Maybe there's something you want to hear less of. Maybe there's some guests you want us to try to get. We'd love to talk to some guests in the fall. Let us know who you're interested in hearing about. We also are going to need another intra-sister competition. Yes. That we are going to announce the very first week that we're back after our hiatus from production. So you can send in your suggestions because it was a listener suggestion for tablescaping and it was a listener suggestion for gift wrapping. Mm -hmm. So, And because we are not crafty and we don't do anything... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that unless we have to, we, we are genuinely looking for suggestions for the interest sister competition. Like cut your own hair, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Liz, what if we had to sew clothes? Oh, that would I be thought so about bad. That. Make a dress. by hand. Oh, oh my gosh! How about a Hollywood headboard? What if we have to each make our own? <laughs> you, Julie, you suggest that every time we I, have this I, about once a year. She brings up a Hollywood headboard. <laughs> I know you want one. You've just been watching too much HGTV. I, I hope it's not a no, nothing that involves fondant. <laughs> uh, we're willing to bake. We're willing to try to cook things, but nothing with fondant. <laughs> so that is all happening at SatelliteSisters.com, on the blog, on our Facebook page. And we just want to ask this of you in August. Share Satellite Sisters with your Satellite Sisters. We would just love to see our audience grow, our website hits grow, our podcast numbers grow. That's That would be great for us. It would mean the world to us. So if you have Satellite Sisters that you haven't been able to share with, guess what? We now have a big share button yes. on our homepage and on all the blog pages. So please do that. We ask that you spread the word. We get a lot of emails from people asking, what can I do for my Satellite Sisters? This is it. Just spread the word about Satellite Sisters. Connect us to your Satellite Sisters because the bigger and better our audience is. Just uh, that will make the us bigger really and better happy. the show will be. Exactly, yeah. Liz. Exactly. So anything else? Anybody else have any anything they want to say about the month of August? I really can't wait. I think it's going to be so much yeah. fun to yeah. be to be like on the blog every day, in the on the Facebook page every day. This is a whole different way of thinking about the satellite sisterhood. Nicely put, Liz. Thank Nicely you. put. All right, so sisters, I know we'll be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we will, Leanne. Keep in touch. (laughs) Kia, you keep in touch? All right. We'll see you when the new season starts September 5th. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. 